Frightening experience for any parent. Don't face it alone. Face it with confidence with urgent assist by CPS Protect. You can have access to former CPS investigators to make sure you preserve your rights and protect your family. If you're facing CPS involvement and aren't sure where to turn, their child welfare consultants can help you. Visit cpsprotect.com forward slash subscribe, and enter the coupon code SLAMTHEGAVEL for 10% off your first year of urgent assist. And this is available in all 50 states. I have another announcement. Bradley's mother, Narcus Golan, passed away five months ago. He is autistic and needs structured routine therapies, and he receives for his autism six days a week. However, Italy just entrusted Bradley to Italian Social Services. If he has a role to go back, he will face the next three to four years in the Italian foster care system where he can't speak nor understand the language. He will also be taken away from the family that he has only ever known. Please call Governor Hochul. At 518-474-8390. That's Governor Hochul at 518-474-8390. And to please keep Bradley here in these United States. Hashtag keep Bradley safe. I have a brand new guest on. I have Raymond Seipolt all the way from Kansas on. He's a concerned parent and advocate. And what has happened in his story is his daughter was privately adopted out by St. Francis Ministry at two years old. And however, they had given him his seven-year-old son, and he now has sole custody due to the mother signing off her rights. And we're going to talk about his case, which is closed, but there's more going on to his case. I welcome you, Raymond Seipolt. How are you doing with everything? I'm doing good. Thank you for asking. Um, yeah. Yeah. So how is your son adjusting to being back? I think he's doing fairly well now. At first, it was pretty rough. You know, um, he's nonverbal autistic. And um, there's a lot of things he can't tell me. But um, I think it was a very traumatic experience for him when everything was going on. Mm -hmm. Was he in a foster home or what did they, how did they take him? They separated him from his sister almost right away. They put his sister with a prospective foster parents and then they shipped him around to various different people. Uh. So he went from foster home to foster home is what they did to him. For and, over two and a half years. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, so now when he was there, you don't know if there was any abuse done to him. No, I, what I do know is what I was able to document. And last time I checked, I think there was about 15 police reports documenting it. I think everything was done to him except possibly being sexually molested. But um, I know for a fact that he was starved and he was beaten because the photos tell a story. And you had police involvement on that and on that? Yeah, and the police wouldn't do nothing because in Kansas, when you have an ex parte order, they allow the um, adoption agency or whatever's stepping in i call them professional kidnappers because they're good at how they lie but uh yeah oh yeah they are very good so yeah they're very good narcissists uh -huh. in the most evil malignant type of narcissists that i have ever found in my mm -hmm. opinion um in fact, I, mean, in my... I had a wife, but it, it didn't compare to that. <laughs> oh, my you God. Know? Well, in my book, I called uh, my caseworker Lilith, who is the demonic entity that uh, tortures children in their dreams. Mm. Uh, but, 
you know, they they are terrible. And the, so the police didn't help you. No. And, um, the, your, was it a caseworker or social workers that you were dealing with? Well, see, that's the thing. Once they get your kids and they get removed, see, my incident started because my ex, she she got on the news for whatever reason when she was carrying around a knife and she got put on the news. You can look it up. It's called Cake News. I put down the knife and listened to the police. And all I can say is because of that interview or whatever they did, mm -hmm. uh, the very next day, I mean, my, my wife is like trying to put her hands on me and stuff, acting crazy. And I told her just to get out of my house. Mm -hmm. And then I know we're all sitting in jail, even though I called the police and asked for help. Yeah. I, I just don't understand why they do that. Um, put, you know, both of individuals in jail at the same time when you call for help. I, I don't get it why they do that. Well, and, I, and I'm a man, so I mean, not to be sexist or anything, but if a woman says that a man hits them, you know, you get a bunch of cops around. It's going to be a whole nother story whether you did or didn't. Mm -hmm. and they're not going to take your word for it. But then they, they took you both to jail. Huh. And then you, you probably weren't in there that long. And about three days, three days. That's that's long enough. $275 to bond out because I had just paid my bills. Oh, no. So I, I think it was planned. Right. Because conveniently enough, my phone got broken the night before. And I don't know. There's just too much that shows she was premeditating it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, not to mention, you know, names. And she's a little bit younger than you. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's an age difference of of what would you say roundabout ten years? Okay, yeah, I was going to say. So you know, um, so she signed off, and you have your son, but there's there's more going on in the background of your case. Do you want yes, to I, I have a I have a mass federal tort that I've joined with several other individuals in order to address the atrocities that were committed upon me and my family. Mm-hmm. When did when did you all start that? Um I'd say about October. October was the time it was filed. still no answers i mean well wait i guess okay well at least the case is alive it's good that the case is alive mm -hmm. and so how many like how many of are you are i can't even talk this morning how many of you are on this um i believe there's eight active right now i i may have that number wrong because it changes uh-huh in the beginning, I think there was 35 to 45 people. Wow. All over the United States. And they're all in, in on this mass federal tort. Yes, we're all wow. plaintiffs. Mm -hmm. 38 people. A lot of mad parents. Ah, uh, yeah. Oh. So are you, do you have an attorney? Do you all have an, or just, is there someone? No, pro, pro se litigants for the most part. Um, mm -hmm. We have like groups and things like that where we get educated or we increase our knowledge mm -hmm. to where we kind of help ourselves in our situation. Yeah, that's, that's impressive that everyone came forward to do this. Um. And what city is this in? Uh, where the suit is? Uh, I'm not sure. I think I know it's in North Carolina court, lower federal court. Okay. North How did you get it down there? Uh, is, is this where your case originated from? 
No, no. I I got I got there because of an agency or an organization called Save Our Children Truth Commission. And they believe that, you know, parents have a fundamental right to parent their children and that it shouldn't be infringed or controlled by the government. So I guess, I guess the big thing is, is we don't co-parent with the government and right. uh, we don't believe that government actors did their job correctly. Oh, exactly. Exactly. So that Save Our Children, if anyone wants to try to find them, how do they locate them? You just get online and you type in Save Our Children Truth Commission dot org. Truth Commission. I'll put this in the podcast notes dot org. Okay. That's good to know. And that's in North Carolina. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So this whole mass federal tort is taking place in North Carolina and other people can join in as well as you go along, I'm sure. Yeah, especially if you have the same agency in question. I mean, other people have different agencies, but in mm-hmm. Kansas, St. Francis. Mm. But, you know, you might be in Missouri, you might be in Florida, you might be in California. Um, it, it doesn't matter. They'll reach out to you and help you if they can. That's excellent. See, a lot of people don't know this when they're going through these uh, torture tactics and the destruction of our families by these inept caseworkers with very little education or even children of their own. Well, that and they're often not licensed either. They're not required to be licensed. And the issue I find wrong with that, I don't know about you, ma'am, but I have an education above a high school diploma and i feel that if somebody's going to make decisions for me and my children that they should have an education higher than high school diploma and a license and credentials but many of these individuals don't Mm -mm. and they're the ones writing the narcissistic opinionated reports i can agree with that um sometimes they have (laughs) you know, like a degree in um, child learning, early child learning development or something like that. It's like, that's not helpful. <laughs> that's a, that's a, one of those other, I think, useless degrees. I mean, other than if you're going to go forward and become a teacher, maybe. Yeah. But, but they think because they have this um, child development degree, they know everything about children and your children and how you should parent your children. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did the caseworker see? Because some people say, well, I had a social worker. And I said, well, were, were they really a social worker or were they just a caseworker? You know what I mean? They, did they have credentials or just a caseworker? Well, I had a caseworker. I had a family support specialist, you know, that was quote unquote supposed to help me finish my goals to get my children back with their ransom contract. And I thought that if I did what I was requested to do, like the parenting classes and the budgeting classes and all the classes I didn't need, I mean, uh-huh. uh, and the reason I say I didn't need them is because I had been taking education courses for years because. It's like I knew something was coming, but not like this. Mm-hmm. So uh, they make you do all this, and then they say that it's more than checking off a box. And, and if you don't know, they get funding the longer they keep these children in care. So if they keep the children in care and say that the parent has an issue and the child can't come home, then they're collecting a paycheck while you're spending money. Because they don't pay for those services. You pay for them out of pocket. And, and last time I checked, I think I paid about $3,000 for, you know, $20 here and there for a course to go to. But you know, it, it added up. Right. And a lot of parents can't afford that. I mean, and, and just because a parent may have a low income doesn't mean they are not capable of taking care of their kids. Uh, this these uh, alphabet soup agencies, I feel, should be abolished. 
Yeah, they should. They should. They should close them down and get rid of the privatization. Because the privatization, I think, is what really makes it corrupt. You know, if it was public, then everybody would know. But we all know children in foster care are invisible children because nobody knows they're there. Mm-hmm. Now, tell us about the privatization. <clears throat> what is that? In case other people don't know, sorry. <clears throat> the privatization is where different agencies will apply for contracts from the state. And I'm not quite sure how they get their funding. There, There's more to that. But... Um, Yeah, it's something on the government budget website for the state that you'd have to look at when they apply for their contracts. Um, I think Kansas has four or five major providers, but St. Francis encompasses most of Kansas. So mm. they're big one. Mm. And then there's TFI and DECA and I think maybe a couple of other ones. Cornerstones of Care is one. Cornerstones of Care has been in the news, too, huh. for, for children dying in custody. See, people don't know this. Um, you know, I watch the news. <clears throat> you watch, but there's nothing. Mm -mm. Nothing. You have to dig for articles, and you have to really know what you're looking for, and it, it's almost like a group effort to find these things out. Mm -hmm. your doc, you know, they, they think you've forgotten about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's so horrible that, you know, they took your daughter and just when they privately adopted her out, did you, did you know, or did that come as a complete shock or what? Or you, how's that? How no, does this work? Own, own public pretender had told me that she wasn't going to say nothing. And then when I requested her to file an appeal, she she kind of filed one, but not really. And the oh. courts told me that I didn't have a right to an appeal. So right away, I was denied a, a right to an appeal, which, which is the most basic right for anybody that goes to court. I don't care if it's criminal or civil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and just so you're aware, these proceedings aren't criminal and they're not civil. They're administrative. You know, and there were you allowed to have family members in there or was it closed off? They would pick and choose who they would allow in there. But for the most part, my parents were able to come mm -hmm. you know, you had to be a party to the case. And then the judge had to decide if you were a party. So you couldn't take a bunch of court watchers in there with you. No, I, I was allowed a parent advocate. Uh, on a couple of occasions, but they weren't very helpful until I got to my last parent advocate, and she was very helpful, mm -hmm. helping me document and understand what was being said. Well, that's that's good. How did you find the parent advocate? Um, I was actually displeased with my my advocate that I had, and told them that I was looking for a different advocate and they handed me a business card and that's how I came to her. Mm. Well, that's interesting. <laughs> you know, and you know, I'm sure your stress level was you know, sky high. I can, I I know mine was mm. you know. And um did you have you know like helpful relatives that you know, wanted to see how you were doing or, you know, because sometimes family members will say, well, you, you know, we're tired of hearing about this or, you know, you've talked about this all the time or, you know, were they comforting to you or did they just walk away? No, like my mother and father, they, they've pretty much been there the whole time. Um, a lot of friends and stuff that I thought I had 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 done stuff like that. I got tired of hearing it, and I was like, "Well, it's not your problem, bye." Because <laughs> <laughs> at the end of the day, I'm the one that has to sleep with my own problems. It, it's not anybody else. 
Mm-hmm. So I kind of distanced myself from a lot of people. Right. Um, see, a lot of people don't realize when this happens, they think it's not ever going to happen to them until it happens to them. And then mm-hmm. you find out who your real friends are. And I've had friends it's happened to, too. And, and then they come and they say the same thing. And it's like, well, you you know, you didn't want to listen when it happened to me, buddy. You know, I could have really helped you, you know, but mm-hmm. it, it's not a rude thing. It's just if you're not going to be there when somebody's at their worst, you can't be there when they're at their best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's I, I just think friendship should be loyalty and, you know, not a fair weathered friend. You know, I just, especially when it's something so tragic like this. And you don't even know who adopted your daughter out. You don't even know where she's at. See, they don't tell you those things because of the confidentiality matters. It's confidential, but they can sit there and talk bad about you in a courtroom and you have to argue it. So that's something you never get the answers to. Mm Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure your caseworker, whoever that was, I'm sure she got on the witness stand and perjured herself all over the place. No, they never even got on the witness stand. See, I was denied a trial. I asked for a trial and they told me I didn't have the right to one. So what they did was they have what they call an administrative hearing because they can have as many as they want. Mm -hmm. And that's how they get away with it. They actually ordered me out of the courtroom while they did what they did, and they would let me back in. Oh, well, no. you know, who's going to tell the judge what to do? They you do. Go to jail and you lose everything because of a contempt. <laughs> oh. You know? So they just ordered you out. What was their reason for ordering you out? They said that um, because the cases were joined, they were trying to say that they weren't. Because they took two kids and then they tried to say they only took one or there was only one to argue about. It it just changed. It varied. But it was like never. When I tried to get the court reports of what was said in there to appeal my case, they denied them to me and gave me my money back. So many constitutional violations here. Mm-hmm. People don't realize When my caseworker got on the stand, she perjured herself all over while calling me a perpetrator, at least in the transcript. I think I counted 26 times at least, like I was a criminal. Mm -hmm. And the judge always, and I was warned by another nurse that these judges will just listen to CPS and they'll do whatever they say. Now, there's something wrong there, too, because can't a judge think for themselves? The problem is they have qualified immunity, so they have yeah. titles. So so with qualified immunity, I can get on the stand and call you all sorts of nasty things, and you have to argue it, whereas in another court, you'd probably sue me for saying those things. Mm-hmm. Not there. No. no. For their job, they get away with it. They do get away with it. Even if a child gets murdered, beat, tortured, doesn't matter. They weren't responsible. There's no sense of um responsibility there's none they just go to work and collect a check mm-hmm. no accountability either um even even with the judge when they hand over a child to an abuser or something like this and a child dies they don't get any any mm-hmm. repercussions no and and that's just like with my ex, you know, they would give her more parenting time while she was feeding the fire with things about me that weren't true. So while she was getting more parenting time and I was getting restricted, mm-hmm. CPS was coming in my home listening to her lies. I mean, they would look for everything, drugs, alcohol. I don't do either. Mm-hmm. Um, you name it, hair follicles, UAs. Mm-hmm. I think I think they wasted a lot of money. Oh, of taxpayers' dollars, that's all they do is waste taxpayer dollars. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I got UA 35 times over the course of two years, and I never had one dirty UA, mm-hmm. and I got a 
16 or 17 hair follicles. Never dirty. No. They and just didn't care, torment me. Every time I'd ask for more visitation time, they'd say, here, go take you in. That's, um, I want to say legal abuse, but that's also harassment. If anyone's wondering what a UA is, it's a urinalysis. And uh, I just, I'm so sorry they did that to you. <clears throat> and, you know, you're, your son, is he in counseling from all this trauma that they put him through? I'm being nonverbal autistic. I, I have yet to find a counselor that could actually take it on. I've took him to several counselors for help, but then they just kind of look at me like, and then I already know what's going on. They're not going to help. Oh, well, they're probably not even qualified to help. They probably aren't. They don't have the uh i don't know credentials to help a person with that disability mm -hmm. now do you keep in touch with all these other pissed off parents oh yeah yeah we we have like meetings and stuff and mm -hmm. yeah, outreach ask people for help you know mm -hmm. it's kind of like a support system you know oh definitely and and that's what people need is a support system and because they're just running rampant tearing up families mm. and it's, i think it i think it's one in 3 families will be touched by cps in their lifetime oh yeah if you if you ever apply for food stamps disability any type of state assistance you're automatically a target automatically cuz they have your info mm. They, they have these wonderful background tools that they should be using to help people, but they're using it to help against. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they definitely work against uh, parents, you know. And this has been going on for so long. It's really, um, I, I just don't know what to say. I'm, I'm just, you know, every story I hear is just so frustrating and it just just angers angers you you know mm -hmm. now there's really nothing you can do other than talk to other people and i i call it buying time like maybe you can get them an extra couple months in court so they can see their children but some people get their kids back and then other people they don't so I don't know. It's different for everybody. Mm -hmm. Some people want their kids and others, they figure, oh, well, I can start over. Now you can start over as a human being with the conscience that you got rid of your children. I don't really see that as a good moral compass, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a shame. I, I, I just don't know. I mean, they, they there's so many personality disorders out there. Mm -hmm. that are you know again with no accountability making false accusations shooting out silver bullets of either you know uh, you're mentally ill or you're uh, batshit crazy or you beat me up or you know whatever mm -hmm. they can throw out uh, even the term parental alienation which technically is child psychological abuse and that term is being abused in the courtrooms all the time Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And parents don't understand when they go into a courtroom, the right thing is not going to be done. Because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. even your public pretender is going to be in on it. Mm -hmm. that, that's what people don't understand, you know? Right. Um, people need to know that all these bad actors are all linked together. So for instance, you get a judge. So go on LinkedIn, look them up, see who's he, who he's connected to. Mm -hmm. And lawyers, guardian ad litems, parties, and start connecting the dots. And a lot of people find, oh, they all knew each other. They all knew that this, how this was going to go. Mm -hmm. 
as also what happened in my case. I, you know, I hear this all the time. And I'm sure it's a, you're an advocate. You're hearing it all the time as well. Yeah, it's like a pyramid. It's like you study the hierarchy to the lowarchy to the foot soldiers. I know that sounds strange, but once you start creating a diagram of who's linked to it, just a circle with a name and just you'll figure it out. You'll figure it out. It'll take you time, but you'll figure it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah, it's and see, people don't realize that even I didn't realize that until my attorney pointed it out that the judge and the opposing attorney worked together for a number of years in the DA's office. And, you know, we thought we'd recuse the judge and that ticked him off. That oh. made the case worse. Well, it was going to go bad anyway, you know, because they all knew each other. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. So they've already made their mind up before they get in there. They do. Yeah. And that's with a lot of cases, not just mine. They, they make, they've got it all planned out of how it's going to go or how they're going to quash it, which also means just in, in the case and you, you're going to lose. <laughs> See, they talk about it out in the open and then call it confidential when you get in the courtroom. But mm -hmm. while you're out in the lobby around all these other parents that are waiting in to determine their fate, they're talking about your stuff out loud. So you don't even have lawyer confidentiality. Nothing. And yeah, then they laugh about it. Like they're going to go to lunch right after. Like it's all oh. fun. We just took these people's kids, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, in fact, um, I had, I was running a custody hearing <laughs> because my two wanted to go back and forth between the houses like we had been for 10 years, like the 50-50, because that's what we had done. And so, you know, I was the non-custodial, you know, parent that, you know, that they uh, try to suck child support out of. That's another story. But anyway, before yeah, the, uh, <laughs> before, the yeah, before that hearing, the night before, they were all at a club, four men, discussing. We know three of them, but we don't know who the fourth man is, discussing how they were going to just wash it and end it. And the, the thing that I found out later was that the opposing attorney gave money to the judge's daughter's judge campaign. See, and I think as parents, we should look and see, okay, this judge, who's given money to this judge's judge campaign? And how much? To find the opposing attorney was so cheap. He only gave that, that um, person running for judge only $1,000. That's how cheap he was. That's I a thought, cheap <laughs> Well, I thought he would have given like three or 4000 to mm -hmm. have her in his pocket. That's the whole idea, right? And I don't yep. think any done in large amounts for tax reasons. Yeah, I mean, he's a cheapskate, but I, <laughs> but it was just, um, you know, I don't think any they there should be some type of law that these attorneys cannot kick in for judges, judge campaigns, people running for judge. It just should be mm -mm. verboten. Mm -hmm. No, you don't do that. Because our children are paying a heavy price, and you know, and so are so are we. You know, we're trying to help each other, and I'm so proud of all of you doing this mass tort. You know, in North Carolina, that's that's really impressive that you're you're all pulling together and doing this. We're ju we're just trying to get answers. You know, I I'm not the one that got us in the courtroom. Um, it was it was another individual. So we're not no names, but uh, I'm still there. I thank them every day for still being there. So. Mm -hmm. Well, that's yeah. great. So you know, when you do, you have like um, meetings with other parents over Zoom, or do you just talk on the phone? We do Zoom, yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, that's good. It gives us all a chance to you know open up, try and figure out what's going on. Mm -hmm. uh, Trying to educate ourselves, get a little right. bit smaller, I guess. And have you found that when you try to educate other people, 
that this stuff is going on, they shut you down immediately. Like, oh, I don't want to. If if it's other if it's other parents in the beginning and they're like coming to me looking for answers or somebody else that I know that's referred me, and then I I set them down. And I say, well, what's your story, man? Tell me your story. And by their story, I'm able to tell them what's happening. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fortune teller, but I I just know the scenario yeah. happened too many times to know any different. Right. It's it's the same story, different scenario. And it can be a different state. It doesn't matter where you're at. It, it's like, oh, man, it, it's not good. They're going to allege this. Because yeah. you, you know that narcissist mindset. And it seems like when you're in court or you're arguing, you have to put yourself in that shoe so that you know what the other person is, the angle they're coming at. And if you can't do that, then you don't know. Well, you're also dealing with sociopaths. You're dealing with malignant narcissists. And they're sociopathic in nature as well. And your opposing attorneys are as well. And, and, you know, any attorney that is not doing the right thing by a child makes them a child abuser. Well, they wouldn't say that. They. <laughs> yeah, I know. They <laughs> well, you know, I heard of a book called Child Abusers Wear Black Robes, <laughs> you know, and they are participating in child psychological abuse, along with these attorneys that allow crazy exes to shoot out silver bullets to get kids from the other ex and drive them into financial ruin and then try to get child support out of them. This is happening to so many parents I know. Yeah, yeah. I know, I almost faced homelessness from my ex. I mean, she did everything. She called my landlord trying to get me kicked out um stop my paychecks i mean you name it just i think somebody was helping her the whole time mm-hmm. these are not things she would have ever thought of on her own so when when she signed off what prompted her to sign off just out of the blue she just gave she just wanted to quit probably well after from what i understand reading the reports but i don't know the whole truth they're social worker reports somewhere at about nine months in she just stopped and she had another baby coincidentally keep hmm. in mind we're common law married even though we're separated she had a baby with her cousin gave the child up for adoption yeah that's right i said that incest holy cow and then when i found out coincidentally i had a social worker from dcf call me to ask me if i was the father and i said well boy if i'm the father i don't know how that's possible and they said what do you mean i said well he's brown i'm white what mm-hmm. colors are they? i yeah. mean you can't lie about those things you know right. medics and they had told me that she had a baby with her her relative and that they were going through the deal and she left a kid at the NICU and all that. So all I know is somewhere after that, she decided to give up. She quit having visitations almost automatically. And it took a whole nother year and a half. And they were still trying to work reintegration with her, even though they wouldn't, she wouldn't meet with them, wouldn't talk to them. Yeah. Yeah, they, they painted a picture like she was a saint and she was trying to get away. Yeah, oh. yeah, like it, she couldn't do no wrong, you know, like she's a woman. Well, they were probably saying you were litigious and vexatious litigants. I don't know if they were calling you that. They tried to say I was stalking her, and all I did was stay at home and take care of my kids and clean the house. Yeah. You know, stuff that, you know, she should have been there helping me do had she been participating in the relationship. Mm-hmm. But Sometimes when we get married, we really don't know what we're marrying. You know, um, I say Facebook and Tinder. When people are doing that in the middle of the night, that's a good indication you're fixing to roll out. Mm-hmm. Or if they say, hey, could you put my charge cards in your name? <laughs> like, no. 
Yeah. That, that's a good one. From you, why I got a pocket full of it, why I'm planning to leave you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, or, or better yet, I had a dream I murdered you. What? Yeah, I dreamt I murdered you in the basement. And I dreamt that, the, you know, the police were on their way and I was scrubbing the basement trying to get the, the blood out of the concrete because I knew, I knew they were going to shine that black light. And, I'm, and that's when I woke up and I looked at him. I said, I thought to myself, time to go. <laughs> you know, you don't just tell someone you <laughs> had this dream. No, maybe if you're watching a movie and you talk about something like that, but that it's almost like they're describing what they're going to do to you. Right. It makes you feel. Yes. Yeah. And that's when people have to be careful. It's these courts are going after everybody. I don't care if you're a father or a mother. They they're going after the incentives. They want it, it's a money thing. You're you're just you are human traffic. For money as a parent. I mean, the kids are being trafficked through those channels of CPS. The parents are being trafficked financially through the court system. It's all human trafficking. Mm -hmm. <sighs> human trafficking ain't always sex. Sometimes it's just money. Right. I think they call that labor in their official definition, maybe. Possibly. And it's through, yeah, yeah, through, <clears throat> through legal abuse. Mm -hmm. Well, there's more money to, how do I say, underneath ASPA, the Americans and Safe Families Act, mm -hmm. to hand money as soon as they're in foster care, instead of helping them with the reintegration factor mm -hmm. or community. I'm not saying these places should be banned, banned, but they should be abolished and redone. Yeah, there's some, there should be something there in the place, but something that is with, um, like you said, uh, people with a higher degree mm. of knowledge, people that are maybe in their mid to late 40s that actually have families, that have raised families, know what it entails to raise families and how kids behave. And, you know, um, one parent said, well, you know, we're not allowed to spank, spank the kids. And it's like, well, Princess Diana swatted Prince William and look how great he turned out. We take away, spare the rod and spoil the child. You know, I don't think you should beat your kids and spank the hell out of them. But sometimes they might need a little swat, you know, and it's not the end of the world. It's not going to make a traumatic experience. Like they blow things out of proportion, I found, like uh, like they were trying to get me on emotional abuse. And well, you, you said this to the, to the kids. What was that? <laughs> Saying you talk bad to your kids or something. Yeah, like I... I um, verbally abused oh oh! i was bad mouthing the father in front of the kids that was emotional abuse it's like no i was not bad mouthing i never did that yeah I, and, and but over and over again that, that's the narrative they, they were playing out and luckily i was exonerated and cleared of two emotional abuse indications back to back yet they destroyed my nursing career and i lost everything mm. But they don't care, you know, they just, they just, they just go right. They're just destroyers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I, I have a thought and I don't, I don't really know how to explain it, but I, I would say that when they get all these children and they, they get their social security numbers and they get their birth certificates, do you ever think that when these children are adopted out and their names changes and their social security number changes that they adopt that new identity so that they can go on and continue doing this. That's a good question. Happens. If not, they use it as a system to target those future bloodlines. Oh, that I agree with. I, I totally agree that they haunt. Once you've been in the system, foster care or otherwise, you know, I think they're going to haunt you. And yeah. I've talked to so many people that have been. 
you know, and their kids taken away. So it's like an industry. But well, I'm sorry. For doing nothing, just sitting at home. Yeah. Yeah. And doing your job as a parent. Mm -hmm. But they call it allegations and they're facts, right? Right. Yeah, that's how it is here too. Right. And even their documentation is so poor. Things are so poorly documented. I could read you things that they said the stepmother was 30 years old. No, she's like two years younger than me. She's no, doesn't look 30, not aging well. But um, this is what they do, you know, and um, the the documentation is always one-sided. Have you found that with talking to other parents? Yeah, because then... Then the parent wants to explain their situation and they, they don't realize that's the most hurtful thing they can do because then they're feeding into the narcissist. Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I, I would ask them things like, what is their issue? What are they saying? What's wrong with you? And then I'd try to think like they would, mm-hmm. you know, and then I'd be like, okay, so you're telling me that you have a, a house with two bedrooms and you got three kids. Are they boys or girls? Mm-hmm. Do you have bunk beds? You know, I try to get them thinking in the right way because they'd say, oh, well, I don't have a bed. I don't have a dresser. There's thrift stores out here. There's these referral agencies. Oh, no, 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 no. We we can help you call somebody and figure something out. Well, are you going to do it? No, 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 no. I'm going to help you help yourself. I'm not one of them. Mm. You know, and a lot of times they'll they'll give in and they'll do it because they know that somewhere in their mind it's clicking okay well maybe this is what i need to do yeah it still doesn't stop there no it doesn't stop it does not stop at all and i just you know I, I, it's so discouraging but we have to let people know that you know this gives me hope that you have you're participating in this mass federal tort in North Carolina that this is good to hear this is actually good news you know it's it's too late for me and maybe other parents but <clears throat> you know this is a positive thing and hopefully is it do you know if it's going before a judge or a magistrate a judge mm-hmm but they're they're not making any rulings, so I'm gonna file a recusal because I was joined by several others, and now I'm there. I feel like I'm alone, mm. where the other don't get their answers heard. I get. I guess it's an appealable issue, is what I'm being told. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not selfish. I want everybody to get an answer. Right. So they haven't done any discovery or any, they haven't gone that far. I asked them a bunch of questions and they asked for a stay. They refused to answer. Well, they can't admit without admitting guilt. So does a kidnapper ever really say, oh yeah, I did that. I did that. No, mm-hmm. not when you got money. They, they buy time. Yes, they do hoping you'll give up they buy time right right well i'm glad you came on to the podcast i'd like to have you back on for an update oh yeah that'd you be know. good i come back oh definitely uh just to keep track of what's going on mm-hmm. and you know if other parents have run into the situation how can they reach you with any questions if they how, how can they reach you kansasfactadvocates at gmail.com or you can contact saveourchildren.org and they can help you and also I interviewed attorney William Estrada from parentsrightsfoundation.org and you can also contact them as well also also, as soon as this happens cpsprotect.com they can help you right away too. As soon as it happens. As soon as it happens. Yeah. They want to catch that case as soon as it happens, because if your case, sorry, my voice has been so bad, but if your case is, is like three years old, it's, it, 
cpsprotect.com, you know, they can't catch it right away. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. But there's, you know, again, there's, you know, um, you know, um, save our children, truth commission.org. And, you know, parents rights, foundation.org parents rights.org. There's so many places to turn and turn to each other. And I've always told people, you know, when you're going through this stuff, it's like, don't even bother your friends unless they get it. Because some of your friends maybe have not been through this or divorce, but yet they understand and get it. And some don't. Or they're too burned out to hear your story. Yeah, it's kind of one of those things. They'll see the anger in you or the, and they'll be like, Ooh, I've never seen them like that. I might just want to back away a minute, you know? Like, at least that's what I observe with most yeah. people. You just, you right away know what's going on. Yeah. Like the war inside the head. Yeah. Well, people should just, you're, you're, you know, good, good family members should reach out and say, Hey, if there's anything you need, let me know, you know, if you need, you know, a meal or, you know, mm-hmm. someone to talk to, but some, some family members, they just say, they just leave you. And then, then they'll come back and say, well, we wanted to give you your privacy. Mm-hmm. Well, why, why don't you pull together? I I don't know. Different world out there, I guess. Blood is not thicker than water. Yeah, I, I had some that stuck by others. They they did exactly like you just said, though. I mean, it it's like weeding out the few, you know. Right, right. You're gonna find out. You're gonna find out what. Oh you yeah. Want mm-hmm. Most definitely. So, I'm glad we talked. And don't jump off. Uh, Slam the Gavel is a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. And book three, Raised by These Wolves, will be coming out possibly end of June. Join us again here with Ray Sepult in the future and other exciting guests. Thank you so much, Ray. Thank you.